0: What's up, podcast listeners? It's your favorite podcast host, Kyle Allison, back with another episode of the Hospitality MD Podcast. Before we get started, please be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already, and navigate to our YouTube channel and press subscribe. Every week, we post our podcast episodes along with our weekly live streams and other miscellaneous hospitality content for you to enjoy. Now, for this week's episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Tajal Patel. Tajal has been a hotelier since birth. When she was brought back from the hospital where she was born, she was brought back to a hotel where her family lived and worked. Now Tajal is the president and CEO of Neem Tree Hospitality and is working on developing her very own hotel. This is Tajal Patel's story of choosing hospitality even when she didn't have to anymore. Enjoy the episode. Hazel, thank you so much for being on Hospitality MD. It's a pleasure to welcome you to the show. Thank you.
1: It's my uh, pleasure.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I've been kind of like I don't know how long it's been. Recently, I kind of started to see a little bit more about what you were doing, um, and like you're just so inspiring. Like everything that you're doing right now uh, with Neem Tree and your uh, the Fairfield league city that you're working on right now. And your background as well is just super, super inspiring. I listened to your uh, show on slick talk with will, uh, which was really awesome. So just glad that we get to talk now. So why don't you uh, start by telling us, I always ask our, our interviewees this question, which is, do you remember the first moment that you felt hospitality now, we don't even have to go talking about work experience, like just childhood memories, anything that sticks out to you?
1: Um, yeah. So the first time I remember, I felt hospitality. So um, this was my parents first property. So I was like a really young child. And um, so we uh, they operated a independent motel and we lived out of it um and my parents did like everything 24 7 like housekeeping desk and all that so whenever a guest would come to the front desk like to say if they want to ask for like toilet paper or something i would like go waddle in the back and i would like come and like <laughs> like that's what i would say and then finally, when i was able to walk like i would do the same like i would me and my brother we'd like go give like soap and stuff and like i don't know that just felt really i guess i didn't understand the concept of the hospitality but from that moment, every time after that, like when I give a guest something or like I provide some sort of service, like I just feel that like that first time, you know, if that makes sense.
0: Wait, so, okay. So a guest would come up to the front desk and be like, I need soap, I need toilet paper. And you would be like a little like toddler basically, and you would get it for them.
1: Yeah. I and my brother would do that.
0: <laughs> that is so cute. I, I would be. <laughs> if I went to the front desk of a hotel and a baby and a toddler were there to greet me, I'd be like, this is the best service I ever received. This is awesome. You know, there's a lot of grumpy front desk agents out there, unfortunately. So I think that would have been pretty cool for me, but that's a cool memory. Like, so basically you, you didn't grow up in a house. You grew up in a motel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, for most of my, um, yeah, for most of my life so far, I grew up in a motel. Um and even when we moved to like other places, like I grew up in a in a motel there too. Um after Georgia, we moved to Ohio and so that we actually lived in a house then. Um and we were there for 4 years and we came back. Um and we've been in the greater Houston area ever since 01, January 01. And um ever since then we were in hotels and we went from like one hotel to another. Um and yeah, that's <laughs> it's fun.
0: <laughs> so This is interesting. Tell me about your, like, just your family's history in in the lodging um, community, because I recently read a book called Life Behind the Lobby by Pawan Dingra. Do you know that book?
1: Yes, I love that book. Isn't it? Did you like it?
0: It was one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. Like, I, I just... I love the grit and the spirit of the Gujarati Patel community for literally pioneering the lodging industry in this country. And really, it seems like, because until I read that book, the only thing I had in my mind was like... um, you know, just like some of the stereotypes that are out there about the Indian American motel community, like, oh, you know, sometimes you go to a hotel and it's dirty or something like that. Like, and not saying that that's accurate, just saying that's kind of what the information that's kind of out there in the general public, I feel like. Um, So after reading the book, it just was really inspiring. And I was like, because I want to own a hotel one day. And I was like, wait a second, if they can do it, why can't, you know, uh, why aren't other communities doing it or, or why is it? And then as I started to read, I, I realized that it's a lifestyle that most people are unwilling to go through, at least probably my interpretation. So I have this background knowledge. I haven't lived it firsthand like you have. So I'm just fascinated to know about your family's history in, in the lodging. Now, so are you a Gujarati Patel? Number one, I'm just curious about that. Yes, I am. Awesome. <laughs> so for those who don't know, like, Maybe you could just tell them a little bit about what that exactly is and the the relevance of that to the lodging industry. You- sure. So,
1: um, particularly, so um, most. So, I'm trying to like word this like in the most correct way I can. Um, sure. So, one in two hotels in America they're owned by um, Asian Americans, and they tend to be Gujaratis. But um, back when there was this huge immigration wave, like from the 60s and 70s, and especially the 80s, um, when Indian immigrants came to the country, particularly from Gujarat, they typically settled into doing hotels. Um, and they were like small motels and you know, working their way because maybe another family member um, who had gotten there before them um, was in hotels as well. So ever since then, um, just the presence of Indian Americans in hotels, particularly Gujaratis, it's still alive and thriving even to this day. So um, like, And I think you asked, like, how did my parents get started?
0: Right. And before you say that, I actually missed that statistic. You said how many hotels? What's the percentage there? One in two hotels. Wow. So, so right. Like basically (laughs) the majority of the hotel industry has been pioneered by uh, the, um, you know, Gujarati Patel community. So yes, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure our audience will find a lot of value in that information because it's not very well known to me, at least I don't think. Um, so how did your family then specifically get started?
1: Sure. So my, um, so my mom's side. So um, her parents, they when she, after she was born, they moved to London um, and they did factory work there. And then when she was 15, they moved to America. And I can't remember. No, Yeah, they moved to Miami. So ever since then, they got into hotels because they had another family member. Um, my mom then moved to Bakersfield and she used to her family used to run and operate and live out of what was the Bakersfield Motel. Um unfortunately, sadly, it's a little bit run down now, but um, I actually had the opportunity to check that out and I, it was just I don't know like so much it was like deja vu almost. Um so ever since then that's how my mom's side got into hotels and then my father uh he immigrated to the states. Um, in the mid 80s and so same thing with him he had an uncle who was here and his uncle took him under his wing and you know taught him like the ropes the ins and outs of like being in the uh being like a hotel operator and then uh, my parents got married and the rest is history that's how we that's how they continued their journey to hotels and here I am trying to continue that legacy
0: so um they were both hoteliers like independently and then they they met and got married, and then they continued to grow that legacy together, and then they they pass it on to you, it looks like.
1: Yeah, pretty much, right?
0: <laughs> so, well,
1: at least I did it willingly, though, so.
0: <laughs> right, um, and that's that's actually, you know, interesting. I, I want to get into that, um, because I kind of imagine that most people who grow up inside a motel would probably say, I never want to see, I don't want to do any laundry anymore, I don't want to do uh, I don't want to, you know, paint rooms or do any of the stuff that goes into running and being the core group of people who operate it. Um, so tell me just a little bit more detail about your experience as a kid, kind of growing up that way, because it's not how most kids in the U S grow up. Um, so tell me about that. And then I want to know why you actually are still doing it by choice now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the way I'm so thankful for my experience of just like growing up inside hotels. And so um, I just, I love the idea of honestly, like when mom and dad need to go to work, they just literally have to go like 20 feet away from me. (laughs) I really, and then like, you know, when they want to come home, they would be there. Um, So I really love that aspect. But then at the same time though, by running the hotel by themselves, like whenever we would try to have some family time and a guest comes in, like, you know, mom or dad has to go run to the desk, you know? And so that's, I mean, not that that's like heartbreaking or whatever, but you know I just remember some like that's what being in hotel ops and living and running your own place, that's what it entails. It means like you're there twenty four seven, no matter what. Like you're doing maintenance, front desk, housekeeping, um, anything else you can think of, damage control. So um and then when I grew up, got a little older, um, I was able to help my family out with housekeeping, like laundry, if housekeepers didn't show up on Saturday morning. I wasn't watching cartoons. I had to go (laughs) make some rooms and strip some beds. So, um, and even despite that, like even up until when, even when I went through college, I went to University of Houston. I studied hotel restaurant management. Um, And even when I was going to school, like we were still operating a hotel, which is our super eight. And even then, if there were some issues, I was there helping with housekeeping or helping with the front desk. And um, it's, it's something for me that just never left like that part of like, OK, this is like a family business. This is my family. Um, this is a part of us. So just I felt like what, in whatever way I could contribute, you know, in my way to give back, like I did it. And so, um, originally, when I went to school for hospitality, I thought I was going to be an event planner because um, I love planning. I thought I would go into wedding planning and all that. And then um, I went to an Ahoa convention and I changed my mind. I said, no, nope, I'm going to go straight into hotels first. Screw all the doing the other stuff first. I'm going to do hotels. That's it. And um, I guess like the reason why I stayed was because I'm, I've always loved hospitality. And I feel like that's something that I've always, um, I've always exhibited in anything I did. Um, One of the things that you have said on your show is that everyone is in the hospitality business. And I always say with pride that um, for the last 12 years, I have been working in the hospitality industry. And I always thought like, okay, maybe I should um, shave a year off of that because my first job, like my first real job was actually in retail. Um, But then, so when I heard your philosophy, I was like, wait a minute. Like it's so true. Like if your industry or your job role is based on um, relationship building, providing good customer service, or providing some sort of service, then that that is hospitality. So um, I think that just having that as my foundation is why I still continue to be in this industry
0: by choice. Oh, man, you're so such a inspiring. long
1: answer. I am. I hope you guys edit that. I'm so.
0: No, we're not editing that. I'm going to tell you that right now because oh, no. that was great. And so, so inspiring. I swear to God, like, like I'm just, I can't help but think right now about like, okay, you went to school at university of Houston, right? That's um, is that the Conrad Hilton school? Oh,
1: Cougs. yes. Okay.
0: Sweet. Um, So, okay. So that's like a prominent hotel school, You know,
1: actually, there's one more thing. I'm sorry I forgot to mention. But like another thing, there's one thing that I always think about what like when I look back at it. So um, when I had moved to Texas and we were living and running our Super 8, um, I would ride the bus to school. And I remember like I got I got bullied because the kids on the school bus were like, Oh, you're poor. You live in a motel and whatever. And I remember I was just so upset that day. And I came home to my mom and I was like, mom, like these kids are saying we're poor. And you know, I know that you guys work hard because this is like our place and stuff. And they're like, you know what? Don't worry about it. All right. People don't understand. You do what you know best. And that's all. And then I was like, okay, mom. And the next day she did went to school and she like bitched everyone out. But still, (laughs) that was what she says. Like, you know, like this is, if this is, this is what we love. This is what we do. And so like, screw what other people say. So,
0: um, yeah. Wow. Um, thank you for, thank you for, for cutting me off and sharing that really, because <laughs> like, I actually got chills when you were saying that because, um, like you kind of were dealing with like the judgment from other people who just didn't understand what, what you were going through. And it's just like, Imagine those people now, like if you could show them, like, look at me, like I'm a GM of a hotel. I just opened this during a pandemic. Like I'm an influencer in my space. Like I'm killing the game. And like, what are you doing? You know, not that it's a competition, but like those bullies like have no legs to stand on now, you know, because you, you've stuck with it and you, you listen to your mom you, you listened to her. She said, if you do what you love, just keep doing it. It doesn't matter what anybody else has to say. And you actually took that advice and now look at you any message for those bullies. Uh,
1: I hope you guys are still doing well. And, um, I wish you health and peace. I'm just gonna take the high road on that one. That's a
0: great, that's a good (laughs) answer. I like that. Be hospitable no matter what, I guess. Um, but that's, that's awesome. That's a, that's a really beautiful story. Um, so you're going to school, right. For hotel management, like, were you one of the only, uh, students there who had had this background of growing up, eating, breathing, sleeping, lodging?
1: Um, when I was there typically, so a lot of, um, kids who have like, you know, gone second or third generation that they decide to pursue hospitality. Um, you know, they, like they've gone to that program, but when I was there between, um, 2010 and 2014, I was one of the very few kids there, but at the same time though, I wasn't very like open about it. Like I never really like talked about it. Um, to be honest, like I am actually painfully very shy. And so I never, like I was not really the best, most open student like amongst my classmates because I was just so like you know in my own bubble so um if I was no one else really knew and I didn't know vice versa because I didn't even try to find out because
0: you didn't find out okay yeah. um yeah you you know what it's it's so like ironic like you're so shy and you know you were saying that you were like nervous to do the podcast and everything and it's just like <laughs> you're such a badass like you should be like the like owning this like to the utmost which you do right but like you know, you're just, I don't know. I feel like you have such this, this background where you've lived through it. Like I kind of feel like right now, like a lot of hotel hoteliers, right. Who, who work in hotels, they're like, yeah, you know, I had to work a double so like I'm I'm such a I'm such a badass like I'm I'm a big shot hotel person like, you know, I'm doing whatever it takes and everything and it's like, okay, like that's cool and everything. Not taking anything away from the fact that you had to work a double because somebody called off, but like when somebody says that, are you ever just like, well, I lived in a hotel and like I was 5 years old working <laughs> like helping out like it just you have such a unique perspective. Do you ever kind of put that into into perspective at all?
1: Absolutely. And whenever I've heard that, like I've never been like, oh, well, I grew up in a hotel and I didn't get to watch cart- cartoons on Saturday morning. You know, like I, I don't think of it like that because my experience is my experience, and it's something that only I know. So I don't, I, I don't really feel like a badass when I would say something like that if I did. But um, whenever I did, like work for other places before I worked for the family business, I always brought that perspective in that, like, this is my place. This is my hotel, even though it's not. Um, and one of the examples that I always say proudly is I used to work for the DoubleTree Tree in downtown Houston, and I was there for about three years and I worked my way up into management. And, you know, there were times where, like, for example, one time housekeeping, um, there was some mishap in the schedule. Housekeeping wasn't there. And so then I went up and I made rooms up until 11 p.m. I was flipping rooms as guests were coming in. This was during Valentine's day. So we were super busy. Oh, man. Um, I've gone and I've helped room service, you know, take up the trays from, or yeah, like drop off food or even just like bring the, the empty trays back down. Um, it's a 300 room hotel. Like it's not my job position specifically, but you know, the mindset that I had was, this is my place. This is where I work. Um, and I'm going to do what I can to make sure that the people who are staying here are having the best, possible time and they're not feeling the stress we may be feeling you know on on the back of the side back of the house side
0: so is that like was that an interesting experience for you like did you get to stay in hotels a lot growing up or like other than the one that you were living in did you travel a lot or not really
1: uh no (laughs) when we traveled like when we traveled like to anywhere like a family we stayed at my parent, my dad's buddy's motel. Nice. Okay. Then, so like whoever, you know,
0: like, whoever he knew.
1: For it, right. Like, it's just, a, it's like a thing like, okay, like you got to hook up here. So that's what we did. We were like stay at like friends places or like family members. So I would experience their hotels, which weren't that different from what I grew up in. Um, but when I like got into like uh, going like to conferences and stuff, that's when I got to go to like see like really cool hotels. But before then, no, <laughs> not at all.
0: Well, and that's kind of what I'm wondering. Like you, you worked at this, uh, what compared to like a super eight or any of your family stuff, this is like a, a large box, like luxury five-star hotel. I'm sure. Like, what was, was there a learning curve for you or what, like, what was your thought process when you were approaching going into this like 300 room double tree to work? Um, I know you said that you took a lot of your things with you there, but was there a Uh, learning curve or how is that for you?
1: My goal was to that, like whatever I learned from like outside the family business, like I would bring that in. And so that property was Hilton managed. So I knew that I was going to go in and learn really great things about, you know, like management culture. The thing about schooling is, and, and this is just me, I can't just learn by being in the classroom. Like I have to actually do the work in order for the material to stick with me, you know? So I got to really learn about like offering, exceptional customer service the learning curve i had though was working between different departments Um, i'm all about working together as a team but here in this big hotel you had all these employees and you had banquets you had um, everyone else who were in working the restaurant and outlets you had sales um who were more you know so everyone had all these job functions and you don't have all these departments in like a smaller property you know, even if it's like a mid or well, even if you go below mid scale, you don't have like, you know, a banquets team of like 10 people. You don't have someone who's doing specifically event catering and you have someone who's doing specifically like the sales and marketing. So that was a learning curve I had on, okay, if I'm working here in front desk, how do I make sure that everyone is working um, with synergy? Because the yeah. front desk is kind of the, it's the heart of the hotel.
0: Yeah, definitely. So did you find that it was like, you were struggling to like stay put at your, at your like location. Cause you just wanted to be everywhere, doing everything, learning everything. Um, or did you find that it wasn't that you were like so much wanting to help everybody out, but that it was so much like, what can we do to try and bring that same synergy that you had working with your family to like a larger hotel? Sorry. Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. So like, was it so much that you felt like, okay, I, I feel like I want to go and help banquets. I want to go here. I want to go there. Like, did you feel like you couldn't like be still at the front desk or did you feel like, no, no, I can stay here at the front desk, but I wanted to bring that same synergy that it was working with your family to that big hotel.
1: Yeah, same like the the latter. I wanted to bring like the, the way that I'd work with the family hotel, I wanted to bring that here. So I never had like I would never get antsy about like staying in one place, like when I would come and do my, my shift. But when I saw that if there was another department that was really like short staffed or something, then I would do what I can to help. I would do it like, you know, my priority is what I'm doing right now. But um if I'm able to like assist someone like with like the like the cave, like the room service stuff or um, helping guests get to like their event room, um, then I would definitely do that. But I wouldn't yeah. be, it's not like every single time I would go like, okay, what can I do? Like a, <laughs> like a squirrel.
0: <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, so what what do you like better? You know, you're doing the um, fear field right now and you've done full service, larger box, you've done economy, you've done basically is there any segment that you haven't worked in, maybe besides Five Star?
1: Um, I have not worked in, like, boutique hotels, which I think would have been really fun to do, um, but that's why one day I'll develop one, so. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, you totally will. You totally will. What, what's your favorite right now out of the ones that you've worked in, and why?
1: My favorite hotels I've worked in, uh, God, this is going to sound really bad, but Doubletree. <laughs> <laughs> fairfield i love But i'm not like i do like the marketing and stuff like that mostly for fairfield but i love double tree because i loved our team especially i love like our front office team as well like the culture that we had was like amazing and um it was just like a lot of fun and like the stories so like it's not like that's when i miss operations a little bit like after a while i got tired of ops and so that's why i decided to leave but um, just the camaraderie, just meeting all these different types of people from all over because we were in downtown, so um we had clients from all over who would come in and just meeting everyone. Um, yeah, that's really what I miss. I miss all my old coworkers.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's unlike anything else when you have a a property and a team that you like just you just work together. it's like you did it with your family, but like, did you feel like you developed another family at the hotel a little bit?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Like the, we were like, when I, I can't really say like how it was before I got there, but like, just when I got there, I think like, it was just like, we just became such a cool, close family. Like, um, you know, we did a thing where we celebrated, we started celebrating people's birthdays and I started that Uh, it was my coworker's birthday. And I brought like a cake for him and we all say happy birthday and he was like very shocked and surprised and so that's something that we continue to do um after that is like do our own little like front office uh birthday celebration. Um we did like we would even do like our own little like hangouts and stuff like happy hours like post work um and it was just it wasn't just like okay these are people I'm working with this is like family.
0: That's really really awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, so you are GM now, right? At, at the new Fairfield League City?
1: I'm marketing, marketing manager.
0: Marketing manager. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So um, I didn't even actually, that's interesting because I didn't know, like, do Fairfields typically have a position for for that? Or is this something that's more unique to your property?
1: It's more unique to our property. So um, let me see if I can give some, background on this. So yeah. when, so this is about a year ago. Um, and I was, my uncle approached me and he said, Hey, like we're looking to um, open the hotel, hopefully end of May. Like you want to come on as an opening manager. So I was and you know, help with all the pre-opening stuff. I was like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? I'll do it. Um, and I was super excited for this property because this is the first property that was going to be like my family's going to be in a Marriott, you know? So I was super excited. I was like, oh my God, Marriott, like it's so hard to get into one and here we are, you know? So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. No problem. And then, um, so we did, I did a lot of like community outreach and stuff like that. I did, a, I handled a lot of the social media. And then after the hotel opened, my aunt said, Hey, like, you know, can you stay on and like continue like marketing and stuff? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we do have someone like, we, I told you earlier before we got on the call that we're on such like a skeleton staff. And so typically like a GM does like every single thing, right? Sales, marketing, you know, you name it. And so she, we, we figured out this way where I can just continue doing like the marketing, the, the social outreach and stuff like that or community outreach. And then our GM can still work on sales and like getting the rooms going and stuff. And my aunt, she's overlooking the operations. So she wasn't expecting to do that, but with COVID, here we are.
0: So that's, that's interesting for those of us, uh, because like my audience, right? Most of them work for hotels. They don't, they're not developers. They're not, um, you know, owners, operators. So they may work at a Fairfield but you know, you mentioned that it's tough to get into Marriott. Tell me a little bit about like, you know, the barriers to entry, if you know, and kind of what your family was doing prior and like what what is the significance of this for your family
1: so to try and get a franchise a Marriott franchise and it's like the same with Hilton too it's very difficult like if you try to go get like a franchise for like a Super or Dazen or you know something else it, it would be much easier than it is for Marriott or for Hilton because their standards are just you know They have very high standards. And so what they look for particularly, is your experience, right? your experience as a developer or, um, and even when it comes down to the management of the property, like how many years have you managed a property? What were your, like, what was your your scoring like? Like, were you a good management company? Things like that. So you have to have like a track record. Um, And so not a lot of people can break into that. It takes some time. So what we did was uh, with my aunt's management company, PICA, um, they've helped break us into that because they also manage um, IHG properties. So that track record was built through the management and uh, that development side of it. And so then that's how uh, my family was able to get into as like from an investor perspective.
0: Gotcha. So would you say it's kind of in, in maybe in order of like, easiest to hardest to get into would it be kind of like you know choice Wyndham um then maybe um IHG and then like Hilton's Marriott like how would you for for somebody who doesn't know how would you kind of break that down to them
1: I would break down Marriott Hilton as the top hardest big brands to break into um and then below that IHG Below that, I would say Wyndham, depending on, like, which brand you want, because they do have different, like, scale levels of their brands. Like, they have, like, the, um, like their mid-scales, and now they're getting into, like, the higher-end uh, space. And then after Wyndham, Choice. And then um, Red Roof. I think Choice and Red Roof would be, like, neck and neck and, like, G6.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: But you still need to have like a track record, right? Like you got to have something that like backs up what you can bring to the table. So like just getting a franchise agreement is hard in general, but some companies are a bit harder than others.
0: Yeah. So this was just like the collective effort of like probably what has been decades of experience for your family. Now leading up to this, they finally were approved franchisees for Marriott and who knows what that could break into like, maybe now that means that they can do more and more of these Marriott's or they can do Hilton's now and their empire of hotels can grow from there. Do you take any like responsibility? Like, is that why you kind of came back to work with them or uh, like for you personally, has it been significant to be a part of it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I had, so when I started name tree hospitality, um, I had done it right before the pandemic hit and, um, I was going to develop my own first property, um, which is going to be a Scottish inn. And so that's why I decided to, you know, start name tree and stuff, but I knew that was going to be, it was going to take some time to get like the groundbreaking stuff going. And so then when I heard about that, I was being asked to come on board for the Fairfield, I was like, like what better way for me to give back than to ensure that like I'm putting an effort to make sure this hotel is positioned for success. Uh, Because the thing about the greater Houston market is that it's very um, oversaturated with hotels and particularly branded properties. And um, I think that we were, just given where we are in our location, there isn't much corporate demand. So I've known this market because we've had our super year. So I said, for sure, like, I'll come on. And, you know, if I can, if anything, if any effort I put forth will help make sure that we can like ramp up successfully, then I'll do it. So so um, it just it meant a lot company. because I've known I've seen my family and my grandparents like struggle and you know work from like independent to like economy level hotels and so this is just I wish I had a better way to explain it, but it's just it's very surreal
0: I mean, congratulations to you and the family because it's it's not just an overnight success story like this is years and years of living in the hotels, working 24 seven, your night auditor calls off. That's you. Your housekeepers call off. That's you. Like literally the epitome of grinding for decades has led you guys to be able to open this hotel. Um, and so much so that, y- so you actually put your own company on hold to help out. Is that what I'm hearing you say?
1: Basically? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, name tree is still going. Like, I still had like I just I anything like if you'll go on my website and stuff, you'll see that's still under construction. In that, um, it's like the you'll you'll see right. But yeah, I put it on hold a little bit to focus on this in the beginning, um, and then in the meantime, I was still trying to like get financing and stuff, get my permitting and stuff for my Scottish Inn, um, that we're supposed to break ground that year, but then didn't, <laughs> which we finally did in January. So, um, name tree is back. Um, what I took with MemeTree, tree though is I've been I decided to experiment a little bit with what I was doing with the marketing for Fairfield and add like a consultancy component to it um, to see if maybe that's something that I can you know branch off to you know in the future. So I try to like, I try to pivot <laughs> if I could.
0: So Wait, so you, you saying that you hired a consultant to manage the marketing or no, you're no, 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 kind wait. of starting that yourself? Like you could be the marketing consultant kind of not necessarily like you're doing it, but it's not you. It's like Neemtree that's doing it. So to yeah,
1: speak. yeah. Like add Smart. like a mark like a consultancy component to it. Cause what I would love to do, like I love hospitality design. So I would love to have like a design component to the company. So it'd be like development and management, design, um, and then maybe like consultancy. So I mean, the basis, the basic thing is just development and management, but I'm always looking for other ways to kind of, I guess, that up in like 10 years, five or 10 years.
0: So Scottish Inn, is that a branded property or is this an independent? Like I've never heard of Scottish Inn before. What Can you tell me more about that?
1: Yeah, it's more of like in this part of the country. Um, so it's one of the brands under Hospitality International, and they focus on um, economy, budget level hotels. And so Scottish Inn is one of them. Um, so it's, uh, I, I really don't know how else. It's They're all like small properties, like Budget Host, I think is one of them. Um, and if you look on their website, like you'll see it's a very, it's very like low key.
0: That sounds awesome I'm actually gonna I'm gonna look into it because um you know I've ne- I haven't seen them around here but I'm in Chicago so I, I it's probably, not probably would show.
1: yeah <laughs> but you know like it's so funny because like for me like I think of Scottish in as kind of like coming full circle in a way because um after we finally after we open hopefully in September uh my fiance and I we're gonna like live and run that place so it's like it's all coming full circle <laughs> And then it's like, um, and and, you know, earlier you had said that a lot of people, when they think of like that stereotype of like Indians and motels, they think of it as like dirty and stuff like that. And it's like, well, I don't, I, I disagree. So this is, I'm, this is my, this is my challenge to like, I guess, um, debunk that myth. So I'm excited to do that.
0: That's awesome. Is, has your fiance had a background in hotels or are you kind of like introducing him along the way? Kind of as, uh, it's like a package deal now.
1: He also has a background.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think like, I'm so excited. I actually want to come and stay there once it opens now, because just number one, Scottish Inn got to try it out. Um, number two, because this is like your baby now, this is your project. Um, And so just like your, your family has done where they've started out by living in their hotels and then they've grown it now to where they have their own Fairfield, which is kind of, you know, obviously a breakthrough moment, you're kind of starting from scratch now and doing your own thing. Why not just, why not just help build your family's company? Did you ever consider that?
1: Um, I didn't want to. (laughs) So, if we're being honest here, yeah, I'll be completely honest. Um, so, I did think about that when I had when I was thinking about leaving Doubletree. I thought about that, like, okay, um, maybe now I can like come back and you know help out in this sense with my family and build you know their investment portfolio, or whatever. And I came back. I worked. I became the GM for the Super Eight that we still had, and. I was still working with my dad, my family, and it sucked. It was awful. I hated it because I was like, I'm a GM. Like I shouldn't have to ask you if I can like buy this, you know, this order of toilet paper, you know? Like let me just right. buy this stuff. So it was a lot of oversight. And that's typically what happens, right? Like when as like a in family businesses, whenever the kid tries to come along, the parent is always gonna be like, no, 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 no. Like I need to prove everything. And so I did it. Um, and then I left. I I was kind of, I got that up and I left. Um, and then I worked for a consulting firm. Um, I was there for a year. And then after a year I decided that, you know, like I'm willing to, I'll come back but I want to come back on my own terms. So I'll have my company. I'll still help out. I'll still like have like help them build their investment portfolio. If that's what they want to do, but it will be under me. Like it'll be my shots that are being called. So, um, yeah, that's how that journey has been so far. And with Scottish Inn, that is in, in partnership with my parents.
0: So. Oh, so that's great. So, like, w- I mean, and if this is just asking too much, you can let me know. But so, I, cause I think this is something that I, I read in this, in the book, Life Behind the Lobby, and just something that I've been, as I've talked to more and more people, this way, like, it's kind of like if you don't have, you know, 2 3 million dollars to invest into a hotel it's kind of your your family will help it's kind of like these sweat equity deals is this similar to what you're doing because you're going to be living in the hotel running it because you're going to be managing it and and doing all that. It's for your other family members to invest. They can help you put the down payment down, help you secure financing. And then your equity will come from the work that you're doing. Is that kind of how it's working?
1: My equity took a really long time to get. Um, so my equity is like a mix of things. Uh, my parents have their own equity and then my fiance is going to have his own too. So um, we all kind of like have our own little, like, I guess, slice of the pie. Um, but I, I don't know if that answers your question, like, but typically what you said is right. Like, yeah. you know, parents will come and, you know, like for generational businesses, that is typically what happens. Um, absolutely. I tried to avoid doing that as long as I could. So that's why with like Scottish and, you know, it's, I, my, my equity, I mean, I'm not like, I'll be honest. Like, it's not like the thing is hundred percent mine at all. No, it's not like sure. I got a little piece of the pie, but it's, it's my pie, you know, it's my effort that I put into it. So.
0: So, um, is your equity coming from like money that you've saved? Is it coming more so from the management that you're doing? Uh, like, because let's—I'm just trying to like com- convert it back, like to a lot of things that that a lot of people know about, like a management company, right? Like your your mainstream management companies they will work at the hotel on behalf of owners and they'll get maybe three percent of revenue as a base fee and then maybe they'll get an incentive fee um, on top of that. but for an owner operator situation like I guess what I'm wondering is for those who don't know myself included, how does that work in terms of the management, the ownership, the equity like how how do you actually kind of stack that? capital, if you will, and, and and make that happen. Does that make sense as a question?
1: Yeah, I'll try and answer that because for us, it's a little bit, I guess, the, it's not typically what I'm used to hearing.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: um, what we do is, so you can have like a management partnership, right? Like um, where someone has like X percent and then they can just like work, their equity is the management piece, you know, and they can borrow money and then whatever they make while they're managing, like they can also pay off whatever that is. Um, and then there's also where you can just put on like full on cash equity or from your bank. Right. Uh, for me specifically, I want to get financed by a bank and unfortunately because we're in a pandemic, I got denied. Oh. So I went dipped into my savings accounts. I have my money. I have money that I saved up and then I have money that like I borrowed from like, you know, friends and family that I'm expecting to pay back. And then uh, the management component, which is like me and my fiance, we're going to use that to like also pay back because we have both borrowed money.
0: So. Gotcha. So you are getting more equity as a result of you actually running the hotel. Yes. Yes. That's good. That's yeah. good. Um, so this, are you excited? Like this could be opening here pretty soon. Like, how do you feel?
1: I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. Um, I'm also, no, I'm not nervous. I'm just very excited. I, I'm just, it's been a long time coming. It's something that I've always wanted. I've always wanted like my own, you know, hotel, even though if it's not like 100% mine, I've always wanted like a piece of it, you know? Um, and I didn't want it just like handed to me either. Um, like I wanted to be able to like work and be deserving of it. Um, and like, I don't know. I mean, that's like a conversation for another day. But yeah, so I'm super excited that now I can do this. Um, I'm going to have my dog with me. She's going to be our guard dog. Technically she's my fiance's dog, but now she's mine. So <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, I'm just excited to kind of like start this journey. Um, I would have never wanted to be, in, you know, they say don't be in business with like your spouse. And I a hundred percent agree, but <laughs> I think like Indian Americans have defied that. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I still have a, a husband by the end of it.
0: <laughs> I think you will. You know what? Maybe it'll bring you guys closer together because you're going to be kind of I mean at least for you I don't know about him but this is like your dream you're going to be living your dream out and having your own property even if it's not 100% yours the day-to-day and managing it is all you so this is really your time to shine like if you haven't already proven yourself and just being the amazing hotelier that you are like this is your time to shine and to 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 make it like this is you and and you know it's maybe it's not as glamorous as owning a double tree, but it's awesome. I think in my opinion, like you're, you're really doing something great. And how old are you?
1: 28. Uh,
0: 28. So you're really young. You're doing this for real. Like has, does anybody, does your age play a role negatively, positively? What do you think? Like, do people ever say like, Oh, she's too young. She can't do this or ever heard that or anything like I've it?
1: Heard that yeah I've heard that plenty of times actually um but you know it's like oh like you're too young or you know you're female you got other things you gotta take care of like one day you're gonna get married and have kids and you gotta cook and all that other nonsense you know so like I've heard like things like that but you know I tend to look back at that one time when my when my mom was like advising me against those bullies like You know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and I'm going to not take no for an answer. So like I, the naysayers will say whatever they want, but like, it's my life and I got decisions I want to make because I don't want to look back and regret anything. I don't want to regret at, I don't want to have the regret that, oh, I made decisions that were influenced by someone else's opinions. So, yeah,
0: Yeah. I think you'll be much happier as a result of doing, of making your decisions based on you and not other people do you do you listen to Gary V Gary Vaynerchuk I
1: love him I like idolized him oh my
0: god (laughs) yeah he's the reason why we do hospitality MD in the first place he's the one who inspired us to like you know make content stop caring about what other people think don't let judgment get in your way and we're like okay I guess we'll just start doing something um so I think like yeah I mean it's cool because he influenced us it sounds like he's made an influence on you too.
1: Yeah, for sure. Cause like, I think like one of those, one of the first talks I heard from him was he was like, he was like, I don't care if your mom said that you can't do this or your dad or whatever, like, you know, family. Cause a lot of times, I mean, like family will not really support you. Right. And so, I mean, we've all heard that. So when I heard that talk, I was like, yeah, okay. I'm going to do what I need to do. Screw you, dad. I'm going to buy that box of toilet paper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, but you left like the super eight, you left your dad's hotel after what sounds like a little bit of like a, a rough conflict or some, or tension. At yes. Least. Yes. <laughs> you, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but are you guys like good now? Um, oh
1: yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. We're totally fine. I had left because I was just like, I was, and I, I don't blame him. I really don't. Like I can understand from his point of view, like where he was coming from. And so, like, but it was, I was just tired of being like micromanaged. And, you know, my dad doesn't know what micromanaging is. So, just um, yeah. even, it, so that's why I was just like, all right, dad, well, like, you know, I just got to go do something else now. I'm sorry, but I still love you, you know? But yeah, no, we're good.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, um, you know, your success on your own, like, I mean, he's going to do what he's going to do anyway. Cause it's his business. Now you get to do what you want to do because it's your business. So it's, perfect. it's perfect. Um, so I guess before we wrap up any advice to uh, young hospitality professionals, to female hospitality professionals, to anybody who maybe just doesn't have it the easiest in this industry. Um, what do you have to say to them?
1: I have to say, especially to the young ones, like I'm sorry that right now the world is just like in the way it is because it's it's so bad for hospitality right now. But I do want you guys to know that's going to get better. Um, I also advise that really focus on educating yourself in different skill sets because when it comes down to like operations, like in management, like that's not the only way to go in hospitality. Like there are pathways to, um, to like going to like other segments, like for example, like maybe if you have, um, an affinity for technology, you know, dabble in that, see how you can combine your love for hospitality with other things that you enjoy doing. Um, and that also for women, I know that it's hard right now uh, for us to break into the space, particularly, you know, women of color, but, um, our time is coming and I can, I can feel it. So,
0: I actually, I really, really feel that. Um, I I'm, I'll talk to you about this off the record. But um, anyway, thank you, Tagel, for being on the show. Uh, I learned a lot from you. I'm super inspired. Um, I hope that for everybody listening, you learned a thing or two about um, owner operators' situation and just you know, starting your own business and all the different avenues you can take into hospitality because I certainly did. Um, so one last thing before we wrap up, where can our audience hear from you? Where can they find you? Uh, how can we all stay connected with you, Tejal?
1: Um, I am big on LinkedIn, like just being on it now. I will be honest. I'm, I've been gotten really bad with looking at my messages, but I will get back to you in messages. So just reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'm more than happy to chat via
0: there for sure. Sweet. Okay. So we will put her LinkedIn profile in the show notes so everybody can tune in and see what she's up to. Um, Thanks for being on the show.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I hope that you had fun. I hope that your listeners found value um, because your podcast is really amazing. Like I love the content you guys put out. So thank you for having me. (laughs)
0: Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode and to sticking around till the very end. We appreciate your support each and every week on Hospitality MD. Be sure to connect with Tasil on LinkedIn via the link in the show notes of this episode and stay connected to Hospitality MD on all of our social platforms. The link will also be in the show notes. We will see you next time on Hospitality MD.